I just want to share a little bit this morning out of Psalm 33. And I know some like this year has been like a really, really tough year, rough year, and you've been through some really difficult stuff. And you know, there are times in life it's just so chaotic, so turbulent, and you kind of wonder, man, is there some chemistry between all of what's going on and, you know, what's it all about? And there are calamities and casualties and, tri- and triumphs and tragedies, and they happen to us all. And, and I do say it happens to us all. Uh, you may think that what you're going through is something that is unique to you, that, uh, you know, nobody would really understand, but uh, nobody goes through life unscathed. You know, stuff happens and, and uh, you know, it just seems uh, that, you know, there is no injustice, um, you know, that uh, it doesn't seem fear at times. But the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. You know, the Bible says that even those that live godly lives will suffer persecution. And there are seasons uh, that just really, though, just try the human soul and just, uh, if truth were told, you know, there are times when, you know, we just want to like throw up our hands and just walk away. Kind of had enough and it just doesn't seem fair. And discouragement can creep in, it can creep in secretly, can hide behind clothes and, and, and makeup and hairdos. Uh, discouragement is so bold that it can even hide behind a smile and uh, it will always ride to work with you. And if it doesn't ride to work with you, then it'll hit your ride and ride home with you. And the discouragement will go into a tent, it'll go into a large apartment, it will go into a home struggling on a benefit, it'll go into a a beautiful home in a fancy uh, neighbourhood. And and don't think it stops there. You know, discouragement uh, will walk right into your house, it'll sit at the table and have a cup of coffee with you. Uh, Or uh, it will go into a mansion and um, go to the side of the pool and put its feet in the spa and tell you that life is just not worth living. I heard a story recently about a little boy who wanted uh, to wash his cat. And so this little boy, he went down to the store and he brought some washing powder. And uh, the lady at the store, she said, you know, it's nice of you to run uh, errands for your mum. Do you do the laundry at home? And he said, no, no, this is not for the laundry. Uh, This is to wash my cat. And uh, the lady at the shop, she tried to explain to the little boy that washing powder is not good for washing cats. Uh, But the little boy, he just refused to listen. Next time he came into the store, uh, the lady said to him, how's your cat? He just hung his head and he said, my cat died. And she said, well, was it the washing powder that killed your cat? He said, no, I don't think it was the washing powder that killed my cat. I think it was the spin cycle. We get bombarded with, with problems, don't we? Stress comes in waves and sometimes like we feel we're in a spin cycle and the spin cycle killed the cat and the spin cycle can kill people too. Spin cycle can kill us quickly with something like a heart attack or a spin cycle can kill us slowly by just sucking the life out of us and making us joyless and, and like defeated zombies. Psalm 37 is just a a great psalm and and provides some God-given wisdom and uh, just provides some real keys here for experiencing the peace that passes all understanding. Uh, It's supernatural peace that transcends circumstances that we might be going through in life. You know, Psalm 37, it gives us some steps how we can just enjoy God. 
and have the supernatural peace, even though at times we might feel that we are in a spin cycle. And so how do we overcome discouragement? First thing I've got down here, if you're taking notes there, is to focus afresh on the Lord. Focus afresh on the Lord. Psalm 37 and verse one and two, it says this. Do not fret because those who are evil, do not fret, uh, fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass that will wither, like green plants, they will soon die away. It's particularly discouraging as a Christian sometimes when... Uh, it's not only the stuff that um, we face that we're struggling with, but then we look at somebody else, we look at the wicked and they seem to be going through really good, you know, they don't seem to be having the problems that uh, we're having. They seem to get away with things and like the righteous, the Christians seem to get held back and doesn't work out for them. Sometimes people seem to succeed and they don't like pray nearly as enough, they don't work nearly as long, they're not being faithful at all and they have these, like these moments of victory and it happens like right into you, in front of your face, it's sort of like there before you that you have to see it and, and flaunce it in front of your face. We look around at others, they just seem to sail through life and they don't even acknowledge God, they seem to have plenty of money uh, their kids are perfect, their health is great, they have this perfect little world in which they live on and then life seems so unfair. You look at your own life, you know, I'm trusting God and struggling with my money, struggling with my health, struggling with my kids, I'm depressed. And uh, if you're not careful, you, lo you, you lose sight of, uh, of, you know, looking at their prosperity, it becomes your agony. And, and so we, we are struggling to go forward. We're struggling, you know, because what we see happening, it, it challenges our faith, makes us begin to doubt God, makes us begin to doubt, you know, his justice. Say, God, where are you? Have you noticed, like, sometimes, like, stuff seems to go wrong when you're trying to be obedient to God? I, I can remember when we went to Bible college, first Marilyn's mother got sick and then my father died. And uh, then we went uh, overseas to live for a little while and, and were there a couple of months and Marilyn's father died and it makes you wonder, like, did I make the right decision? You're trying to be obedient, trying to follow God's will for your life and, and you question, you know, am I, uh, did I make the wrong decision? What's going on? You know, God says, don't make a permanent decision in a temporary circumstance. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary circumstance. God says, don't let a moment of agony make you make a decision about life prematurely. You know, because if you just keep walking with God, God has a way of working things out, of making everything right in your life. He says in the verse, he says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Down in verse seven, he says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger, turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Interesting thing in the Bible, you you notice that the Bible's very selective with words. God doesn't waste words. So when God says something and repeats it over and over a number of times, then you know that it, God is trying to say something to us. Something is a problem to us that we need to get hold of. And so the little phrase that he's saying here is, do not fret. He repeats it over and over through the chapter here. Do not fret. Don't judge too quickly. You may not be seeing the whole picture. Your view of life may not be correct. 
Do not fret. Just focus afresh on God when you're going through difficult times. Second thing I want to say is that God has steps that we must take. God has some steps we have to take. Verse 23, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, it's good to know God has steps for us, and he will hold us steady through those. You know, we're not just going through life aimlessly. You know, he's holding, even though, you know, there are steps, and they may be difficult steps, and we may be struggling through them, God's hand is there to help us so we won't struggle, so we won't stumble, I mean, uh, in that. He declares to us, you know, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know, when we're talking about steps, it means there is a process. It means that it's going to take a little bit of time for it to happen. It means that you can't just get to the destination because you want it or because you saw it or because you like it or because you think that you need it. There are some steps that you're going to have to take to get there. When I had a, a hip replacement a few years ago, uh, the next morning, they, they took me to the steps. And so there were more steps than this. And they said, walk up the steps. My, my vision was to walk without pain. That was my vision. But, but to get there, I had to take some steps. I, I had to take steps that were, were painful for me. The nurse was there. She was ready to hold my hand if I stumbled. And, and, and she, she was there. But, but there were steps that I had to take. You know, that, that was the steps. They, they were progress to fulfilling the vision that I had to be healed and to be whole and, and, and not to have pain when I walked. You know, sometimes in life it is painful to be a visionary. See, a visionary person, you, you can see where you want to go. You, you can see the destination. You know, you, 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 you can see the things that you want to do that you sense God is speaking to you about that you want to do uh, with, your, with your life and, and, and you see what shall be, but you have to live with what is. And I'm torn between what shall be and what is and, and as a result, it creates an agony in my, in my life because the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Can't get there. You know, it just seems so far away. It's just a struggle. You know, David must have felt like this. David, he's out looking after sheep and, and they bring him in and they anoint him to be the king. And then they send him back to look after sheep. I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, I wish you'd never told me. I'd rather not know. You know, I'm going to be the king and I'm out here... Why, why did you tell me? I'd rather not know that, that, that I've been anointed to be the king because now I am no longer satisfied looking after sheep. So we, we can be like that, you know. We, we want to hasten the process. We want to get to our destiny. We're no longer happy. We're no longer satisfied with, with, with where, where we are, with what we're doing. We're tormented by what shall be. I want to hasten the process so I can get to the expected end. That can't be done. Because a blessing that is given too soon is not a blessing at all. See, I, I, I can say to my boys now, you know, hey, uh, take the car and, and hop up the shops for, and, and, and get something for us. I can do that now because they're mature enough. But when they were five years old, <laughs> same car, same keys, same shop, 
but it would not be a blessing. The car can handle it, the road can handle it, the stuff's in the shops, but he can't handle it. You know, would I be a good father if I gave him something too soon? The, the, the younger brother in, in the prodigal son, he teaches us that. You know, something given too soon is not a blessing. You know, sometimes my, uh, my, my goodness as a father is my ability to say, not yet. See, see the younger son, he, he comes to the father and, and he says, give me my inheritance. What would have been a blessing, something that he would have been thankful for when he was older, when he was more mature, he would have been thankful that his father had left him an inheritance, but at this stage of his life, in his lack of maturity, it drove him away from the father and drove him to the edge. See, God knows when to bless us. He knows how to bless us. He knows when I'm ready to be blessed. You know, we need to pray, God, teach me patience in the process. There are steps that God takes us through. Third thing I just want to say is that we need to trust God with the outcome. Trust God with the outcome. Verse 24 says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. You know, maybe with our limited vision, we look at an unbeliever and we kind of think, you know, well, they're doing better than we are. And, but our, our vision can be just on temporal things that we can see. God has a bigger picture and he is taking us through a journey. And God will look after me. God will provide for me. Sure, I may not have as much as what my neighbor has, but God says that I will have what I need. He will supply all of our needs, not all of our wants. He will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. God will see that I have enough to meet my needs as I go through. I will be okay. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. You know, the thing that I'm really thankful for is, you know, God orders the steps in my life. God orders, you know, when I understand that God is ordering the steps in my life, it helps me to appreciate that I'm not walking through life aimlessly. I'm not just doing my own thing. I'm not just moving on my own. There's a course that God has got for me to take and, and really I can't graduate until I've taken that course. There is a path for me to trod. God is not just making it up as I go along. I kind of thought God was making it up. So when I'm going through tough times, I'm praying, God, get me out of this. And when, when I'm short of money, God, God, I desperately, you know, uh, I need it now, you know, I need it right now, you know, you know, and when things are not going well, you know, I, I'm praying, I'm asking God to short circuit the process. I'm asking God, you know, really to get me out of things that he wants to take me in. He wants to keep me through that. You know, I, I'm praying that I don't have to endure some things that God wants me to endure. You know, he's, he's taking me, he's working, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the destination, but he's working on me. And sometimes he makes me wait, he makes me slow down, he says, no, you skip that step, go back and do it again. And you can be around having, go around that mountain again. You know why? Because all of these steps are tools that God is working in, in our life. He's working on us. You know, God is saying, I'm not preparing the blessing for you. I'm preparing you for the blessing. Do you get that? 
God is not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. You know, the blessing is already prepared. The Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. God has already prepared things for our lives. You know, he's, he has got something prepared for your life and he is taking you through a process to prepare you for what he has prepared for your life. You know, the blessing is already there. You know, God has already got it in place. The work doesn't have to be applied to where you're going. The work has to be applied to you so that when you get to where you're going, when you're doing what God has called you to do, when God puts you in a position where he wants to release you into the ministry he's got over your life, then you are ready to handle that which God has asked you to do. The steps, the steps have a good man are ordered by the Lord. Remember, even Jesus had steps to take. Remember the story about Jesus where uh, they tried to, to crown him, they tried to promote him too soon and, and the Bible says that Jesus slipped away into the crowd. He said, you cannot crown me before you cross me. See, see the, the, the cross, you know, is what made the crown. You know, Jesus couldn't bypass the process. He couldn't bypass what God was calling him to do. And when they tried to promote him too soon, he had to just slip away. He said, no, there is a path that I need to take that God has prepared for me. See, it is my sickness that makes my healing. It, it is my poverty that uh, illuminates my prosperity. It makes me appreciate where I am right now. See, you, you don't notice good health until you've been sick. See, you will, you will never thank God for feeling good until you felt bad. Yeah, I, I, I can thank God for my hearing because I've known what it's like to hardly have any hearing. I, I can thank God for my heartbeats because I've known what it's like to be in a place where I pretty well had no heartbeat. See, I, I can thank God that I can walk now and my steps are pain-free because I know what it's like to walk and to be in pain. See, I, I can thank God for my health because I know what it's like to be sitting and waiting for the results of blood tests to see whether it's cancer or not. See, you will not thank God for your sight or your hearing or your heart or your loved one until you come to the close to losing one of them. You just take them for granted. But when you've been through the fire, then you thank God for all sorts of things. I guarantee you that there are folk in this auditorium here today that are thankful for kinds of things that you would never understand because you haven't been through what they have been through with their life. But when you've been through hell and back, then you learn to thank God for the little things. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There's that Andre Crouch song and some of you old ones will remember it. And if I could sing like Rob, I would sing it, but I can't sing like Rob, so I won't even attempt to sing it. But the words go along the lines of this. He says, I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys and I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve it. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. That's the reason why through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Later on in the song, it says, my trials come to only make me strong. Maybe the musicians like to come back up. See, you don't have to be on the stage 
You don't have to be at the place of, of where you sense God has called you. You don't have to be there uh, to be thankful. You need to learn to praise him on the steps. You need to learn to praise him on the journey. You know, learn to be thankful. Don't wait until you get on the stage. Don't wait till you get finished. Don't wait until everything is order. But you need every now and just to stop, you know. Just take some time while there are steps. You can take some time just to stand on the steps and be thankful for what God is doing in your life. Say, Lord, I thank you. I know I'm not where you're taking me, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm on the journey. Thank you, Lord, for taking me on the journey. You know, you, you can learn to be thankful for where you are. The Apostle Paul really understood this. You get that verse where the Apostle Paul says, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind and reaching for that which is before me, I press on towards the prize of the high calling of God. I press on over rejection, I press on over depression, I press on over fear, I press on over loneliness, Every time the devil tries to come and put me down, I press on. You know, you can't determine the value of somebody until you see how hard they press on. Energy is always measured by motion. You can't have energy and just sit. You know, you're pressing on to overcome the things that are there before you. Job says, I know stuff is not working out for me at the moment. In fact, you know, I'm in pretty serious trouble. But he says this, he says, I know I'm on the right track. He says these words, he said, the Lord knows the way I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as God. Psalm 37, David finishes the Psalms with these words. Verse 35, he says, I've seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant, luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. And though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked man and saves them because they take refuge in him. You know, I press on. Why can I press on? Because I've read the final chapter, we win. You know, we know that we, we, know we win at the end. You know, we need to come on. We need to be thankful, you know, for the steps that God has taken us through. Whatever you're going through right now. You know, maybe this morning you just need to lift up your voice and, you know, you might feel you're in a really tough time, that you're in a painful time of walking up the steps. You know, but take time just to stop on the steps and just be thankful to God. God, I just thank you. I praise you. I love verse 4 of Psalm 37. It's one of my favorite verses in that psalm. And it says, those that, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, you're carrying things in your heart. Take time on the steps to delight yourself in the Lord. Why don't we do that this morning, shall we? Let's just wrap up. Let's just praise the Lord for a few moments here today as we finish our service. Let's do that together.